all in your mind. All in your mind. All in your mind. Welcome to another episode of All in Your Mind. Uh, this is one of our series of uh, actor interviews where the fans get to know a little bit about the people uh, behind the voices that they've come to know and love. I'm Rick Rowan, and with me today is... Dwayne Beeman. And my special co-host for this particular adventure is... Scott McCormick, everybody! Scott, <laughs> Scotty Too Hot. <laughs> now, uh, we're going to listen to something uh, that features who our guest actor is. See if you can guess uh, who this is. Uh, first, uh, first is going to be a clip from one of our productions, uh, comic productions, and then there'll be a demonstration of one of the aspects uh, of, of being a graphic audio actor, uh, some of the things that you have to go through to, uh, to fulfill the requirements of, of a role. <laughs> so go ahead, Scott, fire when ready. For Gotham to be redeemed, all of its scars must show we will burn it down. And God help anyone who tries to protect the lies! They do those retrospectives, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was that was like that was like what they do for Nicholson, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really, really focusing in on the on the quintessential, right? Yeah, I mean, was, actually, I was going to guess that had to be Sidney Poitier. <laughs> <laughs> close, very close. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, uh, I'm sure I actually would be curious to know how many of the listeners could recognize from that who our special guest is, but there's no way of knowing, so I'm just going to get right to it. Welcome, James Lewis. Hello. Hi. Actor extraordinaire, veteran of... Oh, man, that was fun. God knows how many productions. <laughs> <laughs> so the first part of that was from uh, No Man's Land, yep. um, and the second part is just a compilation 
we have a whole folder full of James's uh, sound physicals, and that wasn't that was just a drop in the bucket uh, of, of the, the the physicalizations that uh, that our actors are required to do on numerous occasions. Uh, and James is a fabulous screamer. You know, if you know if if. <laughs> If he's in doing a session for somebody else, and I know that I need a lot of screams, I'll come at James before you before you go. Uh, Can you scream a little bit for me? <laughs> I studied screaming at Juilliard. Yes, <laughs> Professor Johnson's class, 101, screaming. Uh, yes. Got today. Good old screaming 101. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me let me go over some uh, some of uh, James's biographical uh, details. He's a native of Washington D.C. and he's appeared on national TV shows like HBO's The Wire, mm -hmm. Fox's America's Most Wanted, the ID Channel's Evil Twins. I need to ask about that. And has been seen in hundreds of commercials, including national spots for. Can you think of one? No, that's okay. I, I've the, the, you've oh, seen them. Oh, oh, I've oh, seen oh, them, but oh, oh, Scott knows. Oh, oh, Ricola? Yeah, Ricola, right, right. Oh, right, 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 right. And, 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 the, and the National Zoo. Oh, I mean, yeah, the Aquarium. National Aquarium. No, I didn't do the Aquarium. No? No. Well, I, he, I just, we all knew the Ricola one right, right, when right. that, was, when that right. was out. But he also did, he's done spots for CarMax, Airheads Bites Candy, Medicare, Rolaids, and yep. many more. Yep. Uh, yes. And he was plastered all over uh, Union Station. Um, yes. He did an ad Elf. for uh, oh, yes. Space. Right. Yeah. If you see something, say something. Yeah, yes. exactly. And yep. you yep. got you got going on your bike in that uh, in the uh, yes. health ad. Yes, DC Healthy Living. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. um, as a white person, I'm required to say, I love The Wire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and yeah, you had it was a recurring role. You appeared on multiple episodes. It was, yep. yeah. He was the truant officer. That's yeah. right. Ricardi, yeah. Mean that was what, season four? Yes. Season four? Yeah, season four. Season four, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. The one with the kids. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, as a voice actor, James has recorded hundreds of audiobooks and voiced characters for Marvel and DC Comics. We'll talk about some of those. As well as video games like Fallout 3, Elder Scrolls, and Street Hoops. Yep. Additionally, uh, James is the executive producer for Talktime Vo VoiceOver Productions, a voiceover demo recording and production company, and in his spare time enjoys training in the martial arts and is a formal state, former state champion in competition and is an avid collector of superhero sci-fi memorabilia. I so. wish we were like a video podcast. Oh, my way. goodness. We could super um, impose the, the images of uh, <laughs> James back in the day, man. <laughs> That's true, with the, with the gi on. Yeah, with the, the gi on, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, re I retired when I started. Dynamite Jones. I retired when I started voice acting. I said, you can't hit me in the mouth. <laughs> well, we could also play with our action figures. That would be the other mm. one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think James, yeah. James, James inspired me. Whether uh, I I had to purchase all of the action figures that were available for any characters, of course I did in the, the comic That's a requirement. Books. Yeah. So uh, so I know we 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 have a, a collection of uh, of your roles. Who has he played in the well? DC the and the, the most the longest running recurring role that James has played for Graphic Audio would would be the eponymous uh, Smoke Jensen. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, the lead character in that particular series, but uh, Smoke, we were just talking before the podcast that Smoke Jensen appears yeah, he's cross, throughout the Johnstone. He's a crossover uh, king, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, but so that's probably his, you know, where uh, a good chunk of our audience will most easily recognize uh, James from. But he's also played, and I'm, I'm focusing on the comic book stuff, uh, he's the, the Green Lantern John Stewart. 
Um, he has played uh, in, in Staying in the DC Universe. What you heard earlier was James playing Black, Black Mask, Mask. Yeah. from No Man's Land. Uh, in, the, in the Marvel Universe, he's played Black Panther and Patriot in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and tons of other stuff. Yeah. Um, so, um, but James, uh, before we actually started the podcast, James was about to tell us a little anecdote about the fact that his, <laughs> his girlfriend is a big Smoke Jensen fan. She and, is. She so, is. So what were you, what were you telling? Well, now, we, this, this is before, uh, she wasn't a fan before. No, she know. wasn't a fan before. Okay. Um, you know, I, and I was explaining to her about how graphic audio is. Right. I said, this is very different from a traditional audio book. Right. And she was like, oh, well, I want to I hear something. So I said, fine, I let her listen to the, the first Smoke book. And uh, she was pretty blown away at <laughs> the sound effects, the scoring, all the acting that was in there. Yeah. And she is like hooked. Mm-hmm. And um, we were we were going to be listening to the latest issue of the Family Jensen. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you can't do that until you listen to Luke. So you need to know who Luke Jensen is and who Matt Jensen is. So it was perfect that we listened to the the first Luke Jensen book. Oh, Before okay. we went to that, because she would have been totally thrown off. Yeah, she, you, you got to do them in order. You yeah, got to do them in right. Order. Yeah. But now you have those Jensen boys. The Jensen boys. Those are those are the, those are the new crew. Matt, Man. Luke, Matt, Luke, preacher. Yep. Uh, then we got Smoke Jensen in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And then the Christmas specials. Well, Christmas right. specials. Yes. <laughs> Keeping track of the Jensen family tree. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's worse than comic book continuity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and there's no Wikipedia for all the Jensen uh, characters, is there? I mean, uh, or, or is there? Um, I don't I think it one. is. And usually, if you go on John Stone's Wikipedia page, I think it lists in the bibliography um, the books, but they don't. They don't say who began like whom, right, or, right, right, or who's connected to whom, which way, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's 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 quite an undertaking to keep track of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not directing those. <laughs> For those of us who are, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I was just adapting, and uh, Smoke will be making an appearance in Matt Jensen number ten, everybody, in a delightful go. flashback where where you explain to Matt how important it is to keep your gun cocked while getting a shave. Absolutely. Because yeah. you don't want them to get the drop on you at the barbers. <laughs> now, James, for you, have, has your interpretation of the character evolved over time? Has, um, I mean, I, I, I'm sure it's in service to whatever the story is, of course, but, but do you think that you've made changes or refined him in any ways over the years? No. Now you think you're pretty, no. pretty locked in? I have gone back and listened to the first books and I sound exactly how I sounded <laughs> when I first started doing him. So you're just as immortal as the character then. I guess I am, yeah. But he, he has been a, a challenging character. There's a couple of books that were particularly challenging. Uh, one was the first book, mm-hmm. because I had to take smoke from being a boy right. to being an adult. Right. So, and there were subtleties to his Well, you voice. do a good young person voice. I mean, yes. Patriot in, in Civil War is a teenager. You know, I've used you for a lot of teenagers. Mm-hmm. I had you playing Dick Grayson for a little while, yep. too. Uh, yep. Um, so. yep, did a little Nightwing. And uh, it was interesting because I think, uh, I think Rose was directing me in the family Jensen. Right. And she was like, oh, we, we need to see how you, you did Smoke when he was a little boy because we might have to pitch you. And right. I said... 
no, you don't. <laughs> she said, really? I was like, no, you don't. I just did the voice. Yeah. And, you know, I took smoke from being a kid all the way up to being an adult. And it was a subtle change as we went along. That's right. cool. Um, and then the second most challenging uh, performance as smoke was when smoke had to play the part of a dandy. Uh, so I remember. It's me yeah. playing smoke. Playing a dandy. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably the one of the more um, out of character uh, it smoke was. books. It was. Yeah. That was the book where he well, got the, the infinite gold. Yeah. 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 Something of a collector's item. Yeah, if you are. <laughs> collect them all. Collect them all. Trade them with your friends. Right. <laughs> well, uh, since we're talking about graphic audio uh, roles, and uh, are there other roles in, uh, that you that you, that you remember personally that you felt you remember the process or or just were just well, let's talk about the process. Yeah. I, I I remember when I came in and auditioned. For graphic, way back in the day. Now, was this was this before we were graphic audio, or no? This no, was, we okay. were graphic audio. I think James came in probably like the second year we were up yep. and running. Okay, yeah, yep. okay, okay. And um, I remember it was a Saturday, right? And it was grueling, to say the least. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think the the general public knows how difficult it is yeah. to be a voice actor. Yeah. You know, to be able to go in and out of characters, change your voice. I mean, we come in, we normally work on more than one book. True. So, and in whatever book you're working on, you may be doing multiple characters. Right. Multiple accents, dialects, voices, whatever. Right. And you've got to be able to roll in and out of them. Yeah. And yeah. I remember, I just felt like I was in boot camp. <laughs> okay, you're an evil Nazi scientist and you're monologuing. Okay, and you do that. It's okay, now you're in a Western and you're doing that. Okay, now you're running. Oh, you're jumping. Now you... Yeah. It was... I was sweating when I got out it's of the It's a workout. Yeah. It was. It was, it was intense. Yeah. yeah, when we do... We, we still audition actors uh, on a recurring basis and, mm -hmm. and usually they stagger out of the booth. Yep. Very surprised. Yep. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, because it is that kind of work. Well, I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean, Tom Hanks knows how how hard it is. He ta he says it's the hardest work that he's ever done. Really? Yeah, because he 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 did he uh, do a uh, YouTube search for his some, him on interviews because him talking about doing you know Toy Story right. oh, okay. is is very entertaining and mm -hmm. and what we do is analogous to doing animation yes. and video games, which you've also done. Yeah, also and, and grueling. I'm, Even look it. It's grueling, but it's more tedious. Right. Because the scripts, you know, and, you know, with us, we get to play off of each other. We get to play off our director. Right. We hear the line that comes up prior to whatever we're saying in the scene. Right. So we know what's happening. And a video game, because each line is basically a code in the program. So you have no context. I have no context whatsoever yeah. on how this line is being used. And you see a lot of redundancies, yeah. Because mm -hmm. uh, they're sometimes that shows in video games. Yeah, because uh, it's, it's gender based. They're role players, so it's you know, boy, girl, boy, right. come over here, girl, come over right. here, and you got to do them, and you do it continuously all through. You're like, didn't I just say that yeah. three pages ago? Right. Do yeah. it again, and you got to do it the same way. So yeah, it's pretty pretty tough. 
That is, I mean, that is one advantage is, uh, you know, working with a director in the way that we do, that, that you certainly know uh, the director's there to tell you louder, faster, funnier, you exactly. know, uh, and, and, and gives you feedback in addition to doing, giving you a performance frequently in the, exactly. in the process. Exactly, yep. um, yeah. it's but I, I can't imagine that um, the better video games don't work more towards a cinematic approach these days. Um, <laughs> not in your experience. Not in my experience. <laughs> They're just coded lines. Yeah. The lines have to be inserted in at specific spots in the program, and that's the only way the coders know where they're supposed to go and where right. they're inserted with the characters. Hmm. Yeah, but see, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything... There's a lot of people who would be confused by our process when it really oh, comes for sure. down to it. I mean, you know, you talk about having the director to... Mm -hmm. to and I... And I assume most of our listeners understand we're not all 40 people in a cast in one big room talking right. to each other. But, I mean, the amazing part we talk about sometimes is that the directors are able to get those performances to match up. Yeah. But it's just as amazing for you to be able to, I mean, you know, how many romantic scenes have you had to do with... with, with Kiss, the, kissing the back of my hand. We're not just... <laughs> we're not just kissing the, yeah. Oh, you're giving away trade secrets, James. Yeah. Uh, just kissing the back of your hand, but, you know, and, and you know, as, as wonderful as Rick and I are, well, you know, our lady voices are not... <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it, it, it is being able to play the moment and being able to play the character, and regardless of the, the, of the, the circumstances with how that performance is given. That's true. Yeah. And you, and I, mean, I hate to bring up the, you know, you guys have been doing this for over 10 years, yeah. or in, in Rick's case, and, and probably almost 10 years in your case. So, mm -hmm. you know, you guys sort of invented this wheel, you know? And, yeah, the, uh, the way the way that we put it together is, is definitely concocted from other techniques applied in, you know, in other uh, forms of performance and, you know, theater. And it's, it's very analogous to, to animation. Uh, it is. A lot more quantity. <laughs> yes. Um, well, well, I, I was going to ask you about the video games, but, but you pretty much talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you work in the, the area. I mean, you, you've I been, I mean, having worked on The Wire and done a lot of these. Yeah. I mean, we talk about sometimes how, you know, people just don't realize how many strong actors there are in the D.C. region. And you're right. one of those people that puts together a living out of this stuff. There, there is such uh, a grouping of talent here um, yeah. Yeah. in D.C. And, and I know... And Baltimore, I, though. DC yeah. Baltimore yeah. And as I go and do productions and you, you work with the same people yeah. over and over. It's yep. like the cream rises to, to the top. Yeah, and um, I've seen some people just give some phenomenal performances on stage, mm -hmm. um, on camera. Um, I just wish there were more opportunities, you yeah. know, to do things here. Yeah. You know, but we try and take full advantage of of every opportunity that comes our way. Yeah. So. For sure. And we've gotten very lucky to get people like you to come and make that trip over to our studios. Yeah. So thank I, you. I agree. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious to know how did you get started. I mean, what was, what, what was the thing? Yeah. Okay. Early on that got you All right. interested. And and I don't think you guys know this this story, so I'm I'm gonna gonna oh good share okay. good. something new for all of us. <clears throat> I originally got into it um, back in the I started looking at getting into it back in the late '90s, and maybe in the mid mid to early '90s. I had actually had a near-death experience. Mm. 
and almost died from an asthma attack. My lungs collapsed. I stopped breathing. Whoa. And uh, was saved by the paramedics. Wow. And I woke up two days later. Um, my job was very stressful. It was putting a lot of pressure on me. Um, and I realized I had to make a, a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. Right. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, moved out of the area, moved to Charlottesville, a uh, little more laid back down there. Mm-hmm. Was still looking at what I wanted to do. Um, was reading an issue of Black Enterprise Magazine, and in it they had unusual professions in the entertainment industry. <laughs> and they spotlighted uh, a good friend of mine now, Rodney Salisbury, who okay. was a voice actor. Hmm. Uh, Rodney does the Zatarans commercials. He was the voice oh, okay. of Joe Robertson on the Spider-Man animated cartoon. Oh, okay. okay. And um, I was like, voiceovers? Yeah, I want to do that. And started researching it and uh, waited for my kids to graduate from high school to move back to D.C. and then started pursuing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was dead set on working for the Library of Congress. <laughs> that was my sole goal. Uh-huh. I said, if I can get into the Library of Congress doing audiobooks and you know I can get a good government job with benefits and, yeah. and everything, and yeah. I'm good for the rest yeah. of yeah. my life. Right. And um, just so happens that they had an audition. Mm-hmm. They had a casting. And I uh, was trying to get my, my tape into them. I'm dating myself now. Yeah, yeah wow. Well, <laughs> my demo tape. Yeah, well, you're talking uh, the 90s. How <laughs> that long ago? And um, they had a hard time getting the demos because that was right during the anthrax scare. And they were irradiating <laughs> all the mail and destroying all the cassette tapes before they could get to them. So after three months of intensive, uh, you know, think tanking and, and the government putting their best minds on the, the, the problem, they finally figured out, oh, FedEx it into us. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we sent it in. I got called in, make a long story short, went through their process for the audition, um, and they had actually selected me to come and work for them. Okay. For the NLS. Um, yeah. 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 And National Library Service. I was going to go and do it, and they made me an offer. And unfortunately, the offer wasn't where I thought it needed to Doesn't be. It's it? A, and it's a requirement of like 20 hours a week. Yeah. yeah. Mandatory. And I'm like, well, I can't do any theater. I can't go and audition and act to supplement. Right. And I had to turn it down. I, mean, I walked away from it. And then actually went into a state of depression for about two months because mm. that's what I had been gearing yeah. my life towards. Interesting. And then I saw the, the casting for graphic ah. and was like, okay, who are these guys? <laughs> and the rest is kind of history. Okay. Yeah. So. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had anthrax. That's how I <laughs> <laughs> What was your job when you were, were, when you were miserable? <laughs> I, I uh, was basically, I designed and built call centers. Oh, so I that worked, explains it. I worked with telecoms and ACDs uh, and PBXs, which is actually where I kind of got my first, my, my toe stuck in the water being a voice actor because I used to do all the prompts for all the systems that I would design. Okay. So, you know, people would call up, <clears throat> excuse me, people would call up on the 800 number. And if I answered the phone, because there were times, you know, we were short-staffed or, yeah. you know, my team went to lunch or something, I would <laughs> jump on and answer calls. Right. And most of the time, if I answered the phone, people wouldn't respond back to me. 
they because thought they thought I was the machine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, hello, and they're like, oh, you're a real person. <laughs> yes, I am. Can I help you? And um, I remember one day I was working for an investment company, and uh, the rate line had gone down. And this was back then. We didn't really have a, a IVR. We did everything through the voicemail system, and the oh. rates for that month were wrong. And I had just put up the new rates, and, and the investment department said, take them down. They're, they're all wrong. Oh, so I took them down. I said, well, do you want me to put the old rates back up? Because if not, there's nothing there. Right. And they said, well, give us you know 15 minutes. I said, well, if somebody calls, I'll just pick the line up and tell them you know, we'll update it in, in 15 minutes. And sure enough, it, it rang. Yeah. And I picked it up, and I was like, you know, retirement corporation, Mr. Lewis B. And this woman on the other end of the phone just started screaming. She was like, he's real, he's real, he's real, I got him on the phone. I, I literally heard her drop the phone, run down the hallway, wow. screaming, I've got him on the phone. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? Yeah. She comes back and she's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, me and my girlfriends. We call the rate line every day just to listen to you. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, my rate line recording is the highlight of your day. <laughs> wow. But that was that was that was me getting into doing, you know, with the prompts and the recorded messages, a little bit of the, the voice work. So and I continued all throughout my career. Right yeah, yeah. Yeah, anything. I remember you talking about that. That at times you thought about, you know, that you know that that you might think about getting back into it from time to time. Mm -hmm. But uh, have you have you stayed out of it? Managed to stay? I've done some consulting. I've had okay. some people call me up, um, and actually kind of overlaps into um, the voice acting arena because I wind up doing marketing messages for people. Oh, there you go. So I have um, a lot of corporations that I will put together, uh, recorded on hold marketing messages for and then I'll send them off I'll, I'll produce them out I mix in music sound effects and they have little mini commercials for people who are, who are sitting in their queue interesting that's yeah. pretty cool yeah mm. what uh, what what is evil twins <laughs> evil twins is is a show on the Discovery Channel investigation discovery um, that deals with twins who were involved in Criminal and crimes. Okay. So it's all twins. Mm. And I've done a couple of It's in the title. <laughs> I, I know, but I don't. <laughs> it's a lot of twins doing some, some crimes in the country. Right. So yeah. so now you've played you've done two episodes of that, it looks yes, like. Yes, I've done know. a couple of episodes. They're basically your crime reenactment shows. Were you a twin? I was not a twin. That's what I was I was not a twin. I would have loved to, play to have done both that. Sides of yourself? Yes, yes. Now they, they do cast uh, they don't actually cast twins. Yes, they do. They do? do yeah. they yes. Really? The first episode I did, there were twins. They're two brothers who Girl. are actually twins portraying these it twins. It probably saves you a lot of money to get twins. You could do the split camera, but if you could get twins, well, do, yeah. do you remember? On uh, does anybody watch Buffy the the Vampire Slayer? Remember when it was on? One of the characters in that was a twin, hmm. and it was um, oh shoot, I can't remember his name. But basically, they had a, an evil twin episode, and mm -hmm. his brother played him mm -hmm. a couple times. They actually took advantage of the fact that, in fact, I think that you know Joss Whedon wrote the episode because he knew that he had an mm -hmm. actual twin. Uh, there was, uh, I, I forget who the actress is on Orange is the New Black, 
who's the transgender actress. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a twin brother, and they used her brother for flashbacks. Oh, for the for the pre-transition. Yes, exactly. That's Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox. Awesome. Right now, I didn't know that was a twin brother. I thought somehow they got her out of the no the dragon. No. Oh, really? Did they really look that much alike? Yeah. 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 Interesting. That's so, pretty awesome. That, and so that was fun. We we did some reenactments there. Um, from a logistical standpoint, the episodes where they don't have twins is is very difficult for them. Right, because you know, yeah. you've got one actor or actress who's you know. Going you have to back use all the forth. techniques of playing exactly. opposite yourself. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but usually those shows have like it's a voiceover going on top. They don't have to really speak; they just acting out what no. the narrate. Oh, no. so they do. Yeah. There's actual dialogue. dialogue for yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Having watched a number of let's see, um, who the blank did I married and uh, and uh, and uh, <laughs> the killer next door. Oh yeah, that's the, my, <laughs> yeah. I, my wife is a connoisseur of those of that genre. The, the Destination Discovery uh, channel, which is uh, which is a number of our actors have found gainful employment there, yes. as well as on America's <laughs> Most Wanted. Yep. So yeah, uh, yeah no. Oh, all... I got to tell you about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, you got you got two episodes of that. On your I got to tell you about the first audition I had with them, um, and their their casting location is a secret, mm. so you don't know where it's at unless they invite you. To come oh, in, so they don't get besieged. Ex- well, they're concerned because of the criminal element. Right, what they right, do. right. So um, you know, I get the secret location and I show up for the casting. And I was playing um, this uh, drug lord, this killer. <laughs> and <laughs> as everyone in this room can attest to, I can get pretty loud when yes. I when I need to. Yes. So I'm in the room. I'm doing the auditioning, which requires me to yell and do a lot of cursing and basically threaten someone with bodily injury right and um you know and the director he loved me yeah so i get the call back i have to come back the next day and uh so i'm checking in down with security in the lobby and uh the security guards oh you were here yesterday i say yeah and he said were you here when all the 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 commotion started i'm like what commotion Oh, you didn't hear? We had the police here, and I'm like, I didn't hear about any of that. It was quiet you were while the I was here. <laughs> Come to find out that the people in the office heard me auditioning, didn't know that I was auditioning in there, and they thought one of the criminals had found their location. Oh, wow. So there were people Whoa. hiding underneath their desks. And they had called the, the county police. Wow. <laughs> SWAT team shows up. Oh, my they, God. We're lucky you had fled the scene before, yeah, yeah, yeah. before SWAT showed up with guns a blazing. All we have is this very grimy photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, needless to say, I got the role. So. Right. Wow. <laughs> Obviously convincing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, any of you uh, fans who've actually... Um, been to some of the comic cons that uh, graphic audio has made a presence at though like the baltimore well, very likely we'll have seen james because he's accompanied us on a few and rick and, and scott new york yeah. comic yeah. con yeah he, he was came up on his own yeah so yeah. so you're you are a fellow geek uh, i am talk a little bit about your uh, your collection your uh oh you know i never i didn't intend on 
starting a collection. Right. It just it nobody kinda, ever does. It kind of <laughs> happened, you know. I'm walking with the kids. We're in KB. Like, oh, there's a nice little Spider-Man figure. <laughs> this will look nice on the shelf in my office. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and you get one, and then oh, there's Captain America. Oh, you can get one, and it just kept getting. I gotta have all the Avengers. It yeah, gets right. bigger and bigger, you know, mm-hmm. and then like, the sculpting. Started getting better and better as more people were getting into Four it. Four horsemen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, now you're looking at them almost like uh, miniature pieces of art. Right. You know, and you're like, well, oh, they really are. It's they really amazing are. Amazing. Yeah. You know, action figures are so different from when I was a kid. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, when you can and pick out the artists that they drew, that they exactly used, I mean, right. You know, you've got your Bruce Timms from your uh, Rob Liefeld from mm-hmm. your uh, yeah, yeah. Jim Lee's. Jim I mean, Lee. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got that. The, the, What's his name? Uh, oh, recently died. Um, Darren Cook. Oh, they put out a good oh, set of his. Darwin Cook? Darwin Cook's mm-hmm. from... Did Darwin passed? Cook passed away? Oh, yeah. I didn't Sorry, know that. He passed from cancer earlier this summer. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. His stuff was great. Yep. Because he was a he was an artist and a writer. Well, and he also, I mean, his retro versions of the Justice League on uh, New Frontier were, yeah. were yeah. some of the best. Yeah. That was a fabulous series. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean... I'll be very honest. I got the same problem. See, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've seen you at Comic Con. It I know. becomes an addiction. There's a there's a bag with my name on it every Comic Con. <laughs> they say, "Look at that guy coming." <laughs> he he needs he needs that Stargate action figure, doesn't he? <laughs> I know. It's a sad time. But it's a good time to be an action figure. It actors. certainly yeah. is. It certainly yeah, is. There's they have a some wealth fantastic. to choose from. So my, my studio at home is filled with figures from yeah. basically floor to ceiling. I have shelves. and uh, So when people come in to record, they just kind of stand there in amazement. Yeah. You know. Well, I when Scott had his uh, housewarming party when he moved to his latest place, I, I, I spent half the party just wandering around looking at all the stuff on his. <laughs> and not even the stuff that was up on shelves. You'd open mm-hmm. a drawer, I mean, you know, that was obviously there to be open. It wasn't like I was invading, you know, checking mm-hmm. out. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, and I busted. Um, and, it, and they would be stuffed full of very tiny figures. Yeah, and, the Heroclix. Uh, the oh, Heroclix. the Heroclix, yeah. yeah. Yeah, hero clicks for, for when you when you want a full sized action figure just isn't just enough, enough. <laughs> and you got to get that really obscure uh, when you need when you need your third dazzler figure, <laughs> you know you're in trouble. Now, now, James, you've been a, a comic book fan for a long time, right? I mean, did it? I have. Did did I mean? Did you say uh, just start as a kid and and keep going, or did you? My come grandmother back to it? started me reading comics. Wow. Really? Just yeah. to get you to read? I or? was. Yeah, I was having this discussion uh, with some friends a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the educational uh, system uh, in America today mm. and what kids go through and mm-hmm. the challenges and difficulties that they have. And um, in doing so, I was relaying that I had problems reading mm. when I was, was young. And it was because I had been out of school sick mm. for oh. an extended period of time. And I had and you gotten fell behind. behind everyone else. Yeah. So I was at a remedial level. Hmm. And um, I remember my grandmother, uh, she had uh, a book. And this book started out very simple. And it got more complex as it went along. So every evening... We would turn off the TV, and I would have to read to her for an hour. Wow. And she would sit in her chair, and she would knit or crochet, and I would have to read out loud to her. It mm-hmm. started out, you know, 
the ball was blue. Right. Spot saw the ball, and yeah. just and it Got progressed into paragraphs. Mm-hmm. And by the time we finished, um, you know, my reading comprehension and vocabulary had increased past the grade level awesome. to where I was supposed to be at. So I had caught up to where I needed to be and went and past exceeded, it. Right, yeah. And she wanted to keep that going. And now this it, was your grandmother. This was my grandma. My grandmother okay. raised me, mm-hmm. and you know, for you know, long long-term comic fans will know that you know those books back in the the 60s and 70s had some serious vocabulary in them mm-hmm. yeah they did excelsior so she wanted to keep me reading mm-hmm. and she introduced me to comic books there you go and i've been collecting and reading ever since wow nice. so you go to all the movies what would you what would you say was your favorite hero movie of the summer? Mm. And your least? Captain America Civil War was definitely the best superhero movie of yeah. the summer. Uh-huh. Um, just action from beginning to end. Just everybody almost in the Marvel Universe is in it with the exception of Thor and the Hulk. Well, we know what Thor and Hulk are doing now. Right. Yeah, yeah now we know. Asgard. Uh, worst <laughs> movie? Hands down, Batman Superman. Wow. <laughs> I, you're not I, saying anything other people aren't thinking. I, you know, if you if you want to go see it, go see it. Just go for the last twenty minutes. It's it's great eye candy. I mean, which is unfortunately what Zack Snyder is best at is mm-hmm. making things that look really awesome. Story, not mm-hmm. so much. Too dark. Uh, too too slow in the beginning. The dream sequences. We don't need all that. Well, Let yeah, me, I, I got two. I got, I got three comic uh, nerds in here. I kind of want to know because, you know, when I was a kid, the DC stuff just never resonated with me. Mm-hmm. I was I was strictly a Marvel guy. Mm-hmm. And now, when you're seeing the movie productions, it's almost kind of like the, the same deal. You know, Marvel's it stuff. It is now. You know, I, I'm kind of wondering what is it about DC that's just not... You've got to you gotta say what does work in and what works in DC is, is the, the TV, TV shows. shows yes. Right? Because if you watch yes. Flash, Arrow, even Legends of Tomorrow got yep. really good. Supergirl. Even Supergirl. It was it interesting. There's a quote today because this season on Supergirl, they're bringing, they're bringing Big Cousin in and he's going to get on there. First thing it says in the headlines of it is, we are using him as a shining light of brightness in this universe, not as an angsty character. They're bringing him in right. specifically to be... It's the anti-Zack Snyder Superman. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. DC was always primary colors. Marvel right. was... We're, we're mixing the colors together. I mean, there's right. a reason why you got Green Lantern and Green right. Arrow right. and White and Black Canary. Right. Because it was primary colors. And that was the thing about the heroes is it was, you had one skill and you, had, you were a hero. And Marvel... Shades, nuance. Shades, yeah, that's and that and flawed characters. And to be honest, that never spoke to me as a right. as, as a kid growing up. Yeah. It took me, to be honest, waiting till the movies came out in order for me to really get into the Marvel movies. And I'll tell you why, because even though the co- characters are complex, there is still the 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 they have simplified what makes that character cool they've crystallized mm-hmm. the essence of the character yeah mm-hmm. you don't you can you can watch iron man maybe you agree you can watch iron man and no iron man has a drinking problem and a womanizing problem mm-hmm. but you're not spending all your time watching iron man thinking about his drinking and, and right, 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 right. right. you're thinking about the fact that 
Tony is is a badass right. in that suit, and and, and his suave is all hell, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's the interesting thing is DC has tried to go in the absolute opposite direction, where all of a sudden Batman's got a gun, or Superman is 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 laying waste to all of Metropolis and still trying to be a hero, which adds shades of complexity to the character that don't necessarily make you feel good yeah right now yeah and, uh, yeah and and uh, yeah I, the unnecessary uh, i mean i i like dark product as much as you know uh, uh, as anybody uh, you know uh, batman is should be the darkest hero in the dc universe and the dark knight series with you know christian bale yeah those was, movies were great those yeah. were great yeah. jobs great movies yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean when i started reading comics i mean i was attracted to dc because of Superman, because that was the only superhero I really knew at first at right. the time, because he had a TV show. Right. Um, even though I was watching it in reruns, I knew about him. I right. knew that 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 figure. Um, and and then I learned of Batman and the rest of the DC characters. But and then I would and and I would also take Marvel titles. But the thing that I liked about DC was they were contained. They you weren't dependent on having to get the next issue to, to right. have the story. They were single stories They were, they were the episodic. They were yes. single episodes, mm-hmm. and they, they resolved. Now, I, I understand, uh, as I got older, that the fact that Marvel was continuity and, and it compelled you to try to find the next episode actually worked in its favor, in addition to having more complexity in their storytelling and, mm-hmm. and, and more interesting characters and a sense of humor yes, um, and all of that good stuff. But as a kid, it was frustrating because I never knew where my next comic was coming from. Uh-huh. So so I sort of gathered the DC Comics universe around me because I, you know, I kind of figured, well, I, you know, if I've got this episode of The Flash, I don't need to necessarily have the next one. Right. That kind of thing. I was um, big on team books for almost the same reason. Because you got books, all the characters. You had all the characters. Team books usually were outside of continuity for the most part right. because they, they took them from all their different titles. So for me, Avengers and JLA, and oh, the beautiful time that it was Justice League International. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was such a sweet time. You know, you could pull all the char- best characters into their own teams and not have to worry about all the continuity that was going right. on. Right. But I remember when it was. I mean, there's still so many X-Men titles, but I remember when there were 10 X-Men titles. Yeah, and they so were all tied yeah, into each other. Yeah. And DC yeah. used to do... Yeah, that's the, why I the, always... I never really I got into the X-Men because it was too much work. <laughs> but it was like to, to keep track of who was who and what was what. Right. DC used to do the, the giant multi-page spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Where you yeah. get like eight stories in one <laughs> book. Right. And the half of them were reprints. Yeah, right. but I loved them because yeah. then you oh, got I loved to read too, yeah. some of the older stuff. Yeah, you get to read the Rainbow yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the Vigilante and Shining Knight and... Superman yeah. meets Kurt Swan. Oh, yeah. all that, all that uh, <laughs> Comics Code Authority stuff. Uh, yeah. That, uh, yeah. Um, but I am looking forward to the new DC movies. So the previews that I've seen for yeah, Justice hopeful. League and for Wonder well, Woman. Well, I think they're starting to learn their lesson. Yeah, they've also um, put somebody in charge who has a better sense of what makes for a happier DC universe. Jeff Johns. Yes. Yeah. I cannot. He understands enough. the characters. Uh huh. I mean, I mean, the, the one. I mean, he, he makes some question, questionable choices from time to time. Basically, turning Barry Allen to, into Wally West when he brought him back was kind of. <sighs> but it, it still works. I love the Flash. I love the, and it's interesting that both versions, both the cinematic and the TV Flash, are basically 
playing him as a young kid, you know, as a young, younger, earnest, yeah, younger Barry Allen, yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to the the Barry Allen that uh, basically saved the the um, multiverse in Crisis on Infinite Earths, right. basically. Which is interesting. You consider that Marvel, almost every Marvel character right now is being played either in their forties or fifties. <laughs> Except for Spider-Man, Cap, Cap and Spider-Man. Cap is, you know, Cap is a man out of time, but the right. actor's in his thirties. Right. But, you know, but if you think about all the actors, well, certainly, the certainly Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Um, uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, the, it's interesting that, that well, Chris the, Hemsworth is still young. Chris Hemsworth is the same, but but at the same time, but there's, there's, there's a grown-upness to the to the. Yeah, to the Marvel universe that there isn't to the DC universe that they're not trying to play the young versions of these. Mm. That was good. It's, it's, That's it's, true. I mean, when they brought Affleck in, I guess because they they brought forty something in to play Batman, right? Probably for the well, they were doing Frank Miller Batman basically. Yeah. It was right. a good call. Right. I mean, I love to me the best parts of that movie were the when Batman got to be Batman mm-hmm. uh, towards the end when he was you know you know who should have played Frank Miller Batman Rucker Hauer. I always said Rucker Hauer would have been the best. Frank back Miller, in the Batman, day, back in the day. Well, he kind of wrote it for Clint Eastwood. Uh, yeah. uh, if uh, back in the day, in the eighties, mm-hmm. um, you know, the whole he was the one who introduced the 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 concept of the creepy voice. The, yeah, the, right. that, that Batman does, even though you never heard it because it was in the comics. Right. But he he referenced it. You know that that, that he demon. put on that yeah. that Clint Eastwood kind of sound. You know. <laughs> Well, we're we're decidedly off topic, but I knew we would be. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I, I knew we. I, no, we, I was well, just we curious to, touch to, see, upon to that. hear what y'all thought about yeah. that. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I I don't think it was as horrible as um, as James did. The, the Batman Superman uh, movie was. <laughs> yes, it was. I, I, it <laughs> had. <laughs> I can certainly see that argument. I mean, because I I enjoyed a lot of it. I loved I loved the look of it. It was kind of like you know what he's done with other films. I like the look of them, but uh, anyway. Yeah. But uh, what, share a favorite, favorite graphic audio memory. What 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 makes you smile when you, you think go. about coming in here? Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. The different ways I die. <laughs> <laughs> and I I think the most unique way I've ever died in one of the books was uh, I was playing a bad guy in a western and I had stolen the hero's horse mm. and I was mistreating his horse. And at the end, I actually had the drop on the hero, and the horse came and stomped me. (laughs) (laughs) The horse got his revenge. Justice is served. (laughs) On the hoof. I was like, I've never been stomped to death before. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have. It reminds me of the time I got killed by a dead bear. That just collapsed on top. A dead of me. Oh. <laughs> they shot it so many times; it was finally dead, and it just fell on top of me. <laughs> yeah, you well. never, you never know what's going to be in a script yeah. in graphic. I tell you, sometimes I look at him like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> we do have fun. Well. I reluctantly must bring this to a close, I think, unless, uh, unless there's a, a, anything else that you want to add before we do. Um, is there any, I mean, we didn't really talk too much about your, your martial arts experience. Um, that might be of interest to some got people. A, got a couple of black belts, uh, one in Taekwondo, one in Kempo. Um, I actually used to teach in Charlottesville. I had a school. Hmm. Now, this was pre-acting or This is pre-acting. Okay, yes. okay. Um, 
So I worked with a lot of kids. I used to do a lot of women's self-defense. Cool. Um, used to compete on the Virginia state circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of bruises. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's my, my stress release. So when I get fed up, I go and hit inanimate uh, Was that something you now. was doing... You got into when you was a teenager, or as a kid, also my okay. grandmother again. Yeah. Was it a self defense thing? Put me into taekwondo. Yeah, she got tired of me getting beat up by other kids. So. Yeah, yeah, and then I get I didn't get beat up anymore after yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> imagine that. Those June Reed commercials. Were yeah, <laughs> I still remember those commercials. <laughs> now that was a local phenomenon, right? Nobody beyond no, Washington no, yeah. DC area would. Yeah, yeah that's right, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah, I'll sing it for you. I still go, can. Go ahead. Yeah, let me see. Yeah. Uh, with June Reed self-defense. Oh, no, no, you, you missed it. Oh, let's take it from the beginning. Okay. And and the beginning is, um, oh, now I just forgot. See, you made me, you made me forget it. Um, it, it had the it had the call number built. Yeah, if you yeah, if you say one thousand, then you too can say nobody bothers me. Nobody bothers me. Call USA one thousand. June remains might for right. Then you had the kids and uh. I mean, I right. <laughs> wow. Nobody buys me. Nobody buy me either. Oh, anybody out of out of the DC area will have uh, no clue what that was. But no, they they will. Yeah, they will. you think so? Yeah, Grandmaster just on YouTube. Artists, Grandmaster Junri is is uh, one of the iconic martial arts pioneers. Uh, yeah, that's he what showed. I, he, you know, I still yeah. go to the conventions. Yeah, I, they just we just had the uh, U.S. Capitol Classic. Now. Was it? Is this apocryphal that he got the snot beat out of him in a in an alley or no, something? No, it was a little kid. It was always the story that the kid got. Beat oh, up. I thought it was June Rhee himself no. that got. He beat was up. robbed. He was robbed in the seventies, and I remember that made a lot of headlines. But here's the thing, um, and and people go, oh, you know, karate, you know, what I'm saying? well, when you teach self defense. You first thing you teach is avoidance. Right. You avoid the right. situation as much as possible. You don't walk down dark alleys with twenty dollar bills hanging out of <laughs> yeah, your pocket. Right. Exactly. If someone is going to rob you, you give them what they want. Especially if they got a gun. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, yeah. Because it's a material possession. Right. It can be replaced. it can be replaced. You use self defense as a last resort. Right. That's you are going to uh, be physically hurt. Uh, a woman, you know, assaulted in some type of way, or your loved ones. Now you have no choice. I, when I used to teach uh, women self-defense, I used to go, you, you know, women go, well, the guy goes, you do what I tell you to do, I won't hurt you. Yeah, he will. So you have to find out what is he going to do. So he wants your purse. So you know what you do? You don't hand him your purse. You take the purse, you throw it over his head in the opposite direction that and he's facing. Run. And then, right, so if he goes for the purse... Yeah. He wants the purse. So when he turns around to go for the purse, you turn around and run in the opposite direction. If he doesn't go for the purse, he doesn't want you. He doesn't want the purse. Why he wants you. you. Okay, the question's been taken out of it now. Now right. you've got to fight. Right. So it's teaching people things like that. And he was in a situation. He gave the guy's wallet. Go. Because it wasn't life-threatening. Right. You know, that de-escalated the situation. So... 
but uh, he he he's not doing very well right now. He's he's well. He's got to be like in his eighties and nineties. He just right? he just had a heart attack. Uh, oh. His health is declining. But yeah, he's he's because I saw him a couple years ago at the Capitol Classic, and uh, he was doing like eight hundred push-ups a day or something. Wow. Or you know, even in his advanced age, he was still in great shape. So. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I, we asked about that because yeah. not only we get a, did we get a nice little life lesson and a little self defense education plus a parable. Yeah, uh, but we also a, uh, a rousing performance. Yeah, from we, Scott we, and uh, James. Yeah, <laughs> you know uh, the guy from uh, E Street Band uh, did that theme song. Um, really, really, Mills Lochran. Oh, yeah, he was it. the one that did that song. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think I knew little, that. Little known fact. I think I knew that. Yeah. Carvel commercials. Oh, the, the grumpy old guy. <laughs> that wasn't Mr. Carvel. <laughs> that that was actually. A, Trained duck. <laughs> the most talented duck ever. Mr. Carvel was actually a duck. A duck, duck. okay. And, uh, and, and uh, like, why is this grumpy guy always talking about ice cream cakes? Punch the world! Hey, wait a minute. Fudgy, the whale is just. Cookie puss turned sideways. <laughs> what kind of jip is that? Ah. <laughs> Awesomeness. Well, uh, well, thank, thanks, God, thank God for Channel 20. It was all over the New York channels, too, yeah. when I was in New York. Uh, was, uh, yeah. Thank you, James Lewis. Yeah, thank, thank you, James you guys. Lewis. It's been fun. Yes. So, uh, Let's do this again next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe not next week, but we may do this again. I have a feeling there are other stories. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And so uh, we'll see what we can get out of you next time. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. See, this you, were, is... you were all nervous, and you thought, yeah, because you, you have you not done interviews before? I have not. No, awesome. I mean, this is your well, first. maybe well, you're one or one. You're a pretty natural storyteller. Yeah. I mean, you so. probably imagine you're pretty good at a cocktail party. You know? I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, One last comic question. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. What, um, what out of all the comics that you own, what is your most prized possession in your uh, collection? I'm curious about that. I, I have always been um, a huge Spider-Man fan. Uh, you know, because I could I could always relate. You know, Peter Parker was a, you know Scrunny, the high yeah. school student, you know, yeah. the nerd in the class. Same here. He was my favorite. Right, too. and yeah. and even though he had his spider powers, you know, he still caught the flu. You know, yeah. he'd fall in the garbage and his woman. costume would right. be funky <laughs> right. the next day. Right. And the criminals would be cringing at the smell as he was, you know, <laughs> fighting them. And, you know, he was just, it was so human, you know. Yeah. So I, I really I, misunderstood that cover where he's walking away from the trash can then. So, right. Oh. Uh, Spider-Man no more. Yeah. Spider-Man no more. Spider-Man no so what? Uh, yeah. So what, you don't have Amazing Tales or... Uh, fantasy. What, amazing Fantasy. fantasy that's yeah. It. Yeah. I, Number 17? 15. Prob- probably 15. what resonates with me, um, you know, is back in the day, the death of Gwen Stacy. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, that was the first time. That's Jerry Conway. We yeah. had a chance to, you know, actually see something like that happen, a major character, at least when I, while I had been reading, that actually died. Yeah. You know, yeah. we didn't think, you know, that's his girlfriend. They can't do that to her. Right, right. Yeah. They, they did. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it was like, whoa. So do you have that copy? I do. Wow. wow. I do. Wow. Is it in good shape? Yeah. 
<laughs> I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's a reader's copy. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was a pretty interesting storyline. I mean, when it first came out, I was too young. I kind of caught it like through a reprint. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. uh, that whole thing, you know. It, it was so much going on in that book because, you know, uh, Harry Osborne was um, yep, OD, yeah. you know, he was, you know, from the and LSD. Drug, yeah, right. Right. Issues they were dealing with. They were, they were really getting into some adult issues. Yeah. And a yeah. couple of issues before that, uh, when they were dealing with Harry being a drug addict, that was the first book that was put out without the, the comic code right. approval yeah. Yeah. on it because they, yeah. they wouldn't approve it. Yeah. But it needed to be done. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a no, yeah. yeah because you couldn't even mention drugs in no. a, at that time and get the seal. No, the comics code had a whole list of things that you could not discuss or put into comic books. Yeah, it, yeah. And it was all based on the the Frederick Wortham uh, uh, yes, selection of the innocent yes. stuff. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you have a piece of comic history. There, yeah, I do. You know, I, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. I mean that issue and the follow up. Uh, mm -hmm. That was the death of uh, Norman Osborn. The death Osborne. of the Green yeah, Goblin. So, right. yeah. mm -hmm. You know Jerry Conway says that basically he just thought she was a really boring character, and uh, that 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 he felt that, you know, he wow. lobbied to get rid of her. And he wanted Mary Jane. And he wanted Mary Jane. Well, yeah, and exactly. the, yeah, I guess in those comics, Mary Jane was a lot was, more spicy. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. right. I mean, right. her yeah. first line is "You've hit the jackpot." Jack right. Tiger. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, right away she and. And uh, and Gwen was just this nice blonde, uh, uh, as Jerry Conway put it, this this shiksa <laughs> that that was just like Stan Lee's wife, apparently. Uh, oh, yeah, I, re I heard this on a comic book podcast uh, that Jerry Conway was talking back then. Well, this has been fun, and and like, obviously we could keep on going forever, or until the computer decides that we've had enough and, and decides it's going to <laughs> shut down. So uh, I want to, well, once again, a, can't catch a break. Can't catch a break. Well, the, we we've had a false ending before, and, I, and I'm glad it was a false ending because we got we got some good stuff down after that. But this is the real ending. Thank you, James Lewis, for for traveling out and uh, and uh, visiting with us today. Uh, I, I'm, you got a lot of stuff for fans to, to geek out on. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank uh, Scott and Dwayne for assisting me in this. You, when I thank you guys, I appreciate. Process. Thank you for coming in. And uh, thank you all for listening to this. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, there are more to come. So check so out Smoke Jensen. Smoke out, yeah. Check out Smoke Jensen. What other title should we pitch that's James oriented? He's in so many different things. Uh, uh, Smoke Jensen, the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Family, Family Jensen, Jensen. Family Jensen. The Christmas, uh, um, Christmas book. Uh, Christmas book. Anything Christmas. Anything Christmas. Start working right. on that. Virtually anything yeah. that has Jensen in the name. That's right. <laughs> Luke, Matt, <laughs> the boys. <laughs> you have, did you, have you ever popped up in any uh, First Mountain Mans? Yes. You have? Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Yep. Okay. That too. Yep. Preacher. Check them all. Yep. Yep. Check them all available uh, at what? what's the website? www.graphicaudio.net. All right. I think we've fulfilled our obligations yeah. at this point. So thanks again, James, and thank everybody for listening. Until next time, hasta la vista. Peace. Thank you. All in your mind. <laughs>